0: I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Today I speak with Dr. Agnes Wainman, a clinical psychologist that helps overwhelmed and worried women overcome unrealistic expectations that are making them sick and miserable. She coined a term called expectation discrepancy syndrome. We talk about what causes unrealistic expectations, why they are making you so miserable, and how to overcome them. Welcome Dr.
1: Agnes Wainman to Soul Sister Conversations. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here with you and your audience. Yeah, and I think this is going to be
0: a great topic. And I think it's going to be a topic that a lot of women can really connect with and resonate um, with. And You said after completing your PhD in clinical psychology, you began your own private practice where you started seeing overwhelmed worried women as your primary client group. And you began noticing a pattern. And regardless of clients' achievements, they were constantly feeling that they were not living up to expectations. And you have coined the term expectation discrepancy syndrome, which we'll get into uh, shortly. But take me back to the beginning of your private practice. You know, what were you seeing in the women coming in to your practice?
1: Yeah. And so it actually starts a little bit earlier. So I've been in uh, private practice for over a decade and about seven years ago, I started my own practice. And when I started my own practice, I was kind of following the expectations that had been set for me kind of by my industry to have, you know, this very formal website And to just talk about the disorders I treat and where I went to school and my qualifications. And that first year of business for me just personally didn't go so well. I mean, I got clients and it was, you know, okay, but it was really not like really lighting me up. Hmm. And then, so I totally screwed the expectations of my industry <laughs> and created, like, I took down the fancy formal website and just started creating a website that talked to, you know, the clients that I loved, loved working with, which was overwhelmed, worried women. So I started. So,
0: did you, did you, um, Uh, then sought out those women it it didn't naturally occur that because you went through this expectation discrepancy yourself in terms of what your industry set out that you decided to help
1: us a a segmented group of women well I mean I enough of them just kind of came to me by chance because there's a lot of us out I was gonna say if you're getting them it may be because there are large numbers (laughs) yes so you know In that first year, I think it was just by fate and luck that we happened to find each other. And then, and also I was doing some, you know, business coaching and learning how to build a business. And they kept talking about, you know, who do you want to work with? Who do you feel like you do the best work with? Like, who do you just like, you know, who are you really here to serve? And the more I reflected on it, it's like, okay, I'm really here to serve overwhelmed, worried women. They are my people. Mm. And I, again, kind of then screwed the expectation of my industry that I was supposed to be kind of this formal, buttoned up, you know, kind of distant yes, <laughs> professional and, you know, created this website really calling in you know, the women who I could, again, best work with, that I understood them, you know, and I started kind of blogging about things that again, like even having a blog at that point, seven years ago was like really pushing the boundaries of your industry, <laughs> of my industry. Yes. That's not what professional psychologists do. No, I And if they do, it's very academic, like filled with stats, you know, where I would kind of talk about like knowing what it was like to feel like your brain had like one of my favorite blog posts that I wrote was about like feeling like your brain was just like a bunch of hamsters on treadmills Mm -hmm. and all of the hamsters were going at slightly different speeds. And then there was like the super like, you know, they were going super fast and, and like basically like your brain is filled with hamsters on treadmills, which not very professional, but people like were like, that is my brain. Right. You're being being
0: authentic and vulnerable. Yeah. And And you connect it with women that had those same issues.
1: Yeah. So, and then again, as I started working with more and more of these women and, you know, women came to me also for all sorts of reasons. It wasn't necessarily like that they identified as being overwhelmed and worried Um, I have a subspecialty in fertility and perinatal mental health, you know, so I saw a lot of women who were struggling with their journey to motherhood, and I was just noticing, like, again and again, these were, like, amazing, strong women who had already been through really hard things and were still, you know, feeling like they weren't good enough, feeling that they weren't Feeling the right thing, you know, they were kind of doing all the like, well, I should be this and I should do that, and trying to live up to all of these expectations. And all of a sudden, it just got me thinking, like, holy moly, like, expectations are just, you know, so much a part of, you know, from the minute we wake up to the moment we go to bed. Expectations are these things that are in our lives that are driving our behavior and our feelings, and we don't really think about them. Hmm. Was there a certain age group that you noticed? Was there an average age of these women? Um, so at that point, I would have said probably early to mid 30s. Um, I'm in my early 40s, so I have found kind of my own. Client group has kind of been a few steps kind of behind where I was in my own journey, Mm -hmm. both life-wise and kind of my own development and growth. Um, So now I would say I solidly work with like kind of, you know, Gen X and older millennials. Um, and, And the thing that, you know, kind of really surprised me was that year where i really pivoted how much you know my own practice grew you know no, so, so now we're like a group practice of nine therapists and we serve a whole wide range of client groups starting from you know first year college and university students to people in retirement and regardless of of what life phase you know expectations you know, are also a huge part of their lives and experiences. So it wasn't just my client group, you know, we started to see this in everyone, really, that expectations for the most part, you know, we're making people feel like, again, yeah, not good enough, not smart enough, not successful enough. And is this a um, predominantly women issue or do you feel that men deal with this as well or maybe they just don't talk about it? Well, I mean, in general, men don't talk about a lot of things. (laughs) Um, But now, you know, because again, I have therapists who work primarily with men, I work we have therapists who work with, you know, young men, again, just starting their adulthood and, you know, they are struggling with expectations as well. You know, they might be slightly different expectations, you know, because there are, you know, very gender based expectations. Um, So I think this is a universal experience. It's just kind of where I got my, Deep dive into it was kind of, yeah, with women in that, you know, early 30s to early 50s uh, life stage.
0: It's always interesting to me how we ultimately end up serving uh, the people of the segment of the population who is also struggling with things. Uh, that we struggle with, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost like it's a reflection of it. And you said you were calling in the women, it, 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 you know, when you start at your website, it's almost like you're standing on the porch and it's like, I hear you, right? Because when you're being authentic and vulnerable, it, it attracts that. It's like, well, mm-hmm. this person knows what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say the term, you you coined the term ex- expectation discrepancy syndrome. So what is that
1: really? How do you define that? So I define that is the gap You know, between our expectations and reality. And we're not videotaping, so you're not seeing my hand gestures, (laughs) but I always (laughs) use hands to kind of uh, illustrate it. So, like, expectations are at the top. Mm -hmm. You know, we have all of these expectations, you know, again, whether it's, you know, what we're supposed to look like, you know, how we're supposed to be spending our time, you know, that we're supposed to be hitting certain life milestones. And then there's our reality, which, again, if you saw me, my hand is going to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And people are feeling like there's this big discrepancy between expectation and reality. And, again, in between that discrepancy, this gap is, again, our not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, not feeling that we're doing the things we're supposed to do. And you say a lot of shame and judgment. Absolutely. Like there's something wrong with me. Like, why can't I do this? There's also a lot of comparison. Like everyone else has this figured out. Like, why haven't I been able to figure out? So where do these unrealistic expectations come from? Because I know we can be very hard
0: on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And do do we just invent them or do they
1: start at a very early age? I would suspect it's quite early. Well, Maybe act- we're not conscious of it. Absolutely. So everyone, for the most part, well, you know, when I gently ask them, like, well, where did that expectation come from? For the most part, everyone's like, oh, just me. Like, I, I, I expect this of myself. No one else expects this of me, which I gently say no. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't born into this world, you know, with, you know, an expectation that everyone has to like us you know, or we're not born into the world that, you know, we have to make everyone as comfortable as possible and never make a wave. And I, you know, I actually argue that those expectations actually start being placed on us, you know, the minute we are in utero and the person carrying us, their responses are Thoughts about us. You know, if you're so true, like, you know, that if you're the first oldest child, you know, expectations are placed on you. You know, they get in, plans and plans for their baby. Yes. You know, if maybe you were a surprise, you know, then and an expectation how you're going to impact, you know, your parents' life. So I would say before we even get earth side, right you know, we have expectations placed on us. And then we come into this world. And yeah, it's like we get past, here's the checklist. And the checklist is, you know, from our own families, from our cultures, our heritages, you know, our, our society, you know, and also, you know, patriarchy, and sure. white pharmacy, you know, so we can't, Like, we're just always breathing them in. And we don't even recognize it. It's so
0: unconscious, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even if someone makes a statement like, oh, my child's going to be a doctor or whatever, like suddenly you're thinking, oh, mom or dad expect me to be a blank and start having to fulfill that. Yeah. Or worrying about having to fulfill it and then doing Mm -hmm. something
1: or going down a path that you didn't want to choose, which we all know how those turn out. (laughs) Yeah, and we, again, even see it in, you know, our first year university students who come to see us, who, you know, for their entire lives have, like, thought that they were going to be doctors because that's what they were told, you know, that's a a great career, you know, and they're in first year, like, hating their courses, You know, feeling like they're, but already feeling so stuck in it. And it's like, you're in first year, you can change your mind. And it's like, well, no, because I, like, I made this decision and I have to stick with the decision. Really not realizing that it's been, again, this expectation, whether, yeah, whether, and and again, usually every expectation I think is multi-layered. Like it typically doesn't just come from one source, but then we internalize it and think that we are the one source of that sure. expectation.
0: It's like our inner critic or that voice that's heard mm-hmm. on us is a collection of all of those voices that we've 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 accumulated through our lives, whether it's teachers or parents or people who just say things to you. And suddenly you feel like you're you're pulled in all these different directions and not sure what you want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so in terms of going back to expectation discrepancy syndrome, you know, often the initial thought is like, well, then in order to close that gap, I just have to like crank reality up to meet the expectation. Say yeah. more about that. So, you know, the, the, the idea is, again, well, there's something wrong with me. So, I need to change myself and my behaviors in order to meet this expectation that, you know, I have to do this and I have to be this and I have to feel this. And women in general, I think, are very good at doing that, but it comes at a huge cost. Absolutely. Because I would say, what does it do to a
0: person who has to shift? uh, to meet that expectation. Mm.
1: Yeah. It, it It is really, you know, losing, you know, you're, you're really your authentic self. So true. You know, it's not actually like when I ask people, you know, how, like, what is your ideal life? Describe even an ideal day to me. And they look at me like a deer caught in the headlights
0: like what are you talking about agnes an yes. ideal
1: life what is that yes yeah. it's like um like like genuinely we sure. we have lost you know our ability to think of you know of connecting with our desires you know connecting with our passions or or even just our needs like our most basic needs <laughs> It's so true. I agree 100%. I think when you learn to
0: turn in inward and connect with yourself, you're practicing listening to your intuition and and answering maybe for the first time, what do I truly want? Mm-hmm. And uh, not be afraid to answer it, especially if it falls in line or out of line with what is expected of you. That mm-hmm. can be a scary place uh, to then have to try to live. You know, it takes a lot of courage
1: absolutely
0: um, so you set out to challenge these unrealistic expectations and y- you created a website called screwexpectations.com <laughs> I which, did. Cracked me, which cracked me off when i when I saw that and you said it is a space for non-apologetic women mm-hmm. and your website reads unrealistic expectations are making women sick miserable and just fed up and you go far as far to say it is destroying our souls mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Because what are you seeing in women when they, uh, I guess maybe as they crack open, they realize who they are or what
1: is your insight into that? There's, yeah, there's just so much judgment and shame. And, you know, one of the things that is a theme is, you know, having way too high expectations of themselves. And then not having high enough expectations for other people in their life, you know, so maybe picking a partner just because you want to check the box of, you know, getting married and then, you know, you realize your, your partner it, it isn't the person that, you know, supports you and loves you and fully accepts you, Mm. Um, you know, women are so hard on themselves about, you know, their physical appearance. So whether it's, you know, going down the path of disordered eating, whether it's going down the path of, you know, starting your day, looking at the mirror and feeling like you're already failing. mm so harsh. And and some of the expectations you talk about, you said we live in a
0: bit of a messed up world. It's like, on one hand, we expect you're know, expected to be nurturers, the caretakers, and the organizers. However, we can't be too loud, too bold, or take up too much space. Never, ever be bossy. You know, we need to practice self care, but not too much, because that might be selfish. You know, we need to be polite, but don't make too much of a fuss, but don't be a victim, for God's sakes. You know? <laughs> and always look your best, but don't be vain about it. You know, be a size six, but also embrace your cellulite. You know, it's mixed messaging at its best Mm -hmm. and you say it's absolutely exhausting Mm -hmm. and if we're women we've all lived through we know
1: how exhausting that can actually be Mm -hmm. yeah so then which got me to like okay like clearly trying to crank reality up to expectations is exhausting because it's impossible you know so and they, and then a lot of women are like, but I don't want to lower my expectations because that doesn't feel good either. Right. And, it's, and it's like, and it's like, absolutely, we don't want to lower the expectations because there's still the wrong expectations. So that's where screw expectations, like just get rid of them. And again, I know like easier said than done. That's sure. my, always my caveat. <laughs> However, you know, but truth, but truth, you know, and start creating new expectations that actually are aligned with how you want to live your life, who you want to be in this world. That's you know, so true. And that and that's where people, you know, again, deer in the headlights because they're like, "Well, I've never really thought of what my ideal, aligned life would look like. Like I'm allowed to do that. What?
0: <laughs> so if someone's listening and they' think, "Oh, I can only imagine what it's like to create new expectations. How does one go about creating that? Like, what is like the first step or a couple of steps that people can take? Yeah. To so, that new path.
1: Yeah. So first of all, d- a developing an awareness of what expectation it is that you're trying to meet, you know, because again, so often we're not even aware of expectations, so we can't change something we're not aware of. So you to know? identify the ones that we're actually trying to live up to. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and really, you know, the way we do that is we start like noticing the discomfort Okay. Um and I know we're recording during a pandemic so it's a typical, you know, it's a weird time already, but you know, at this time of the year, you know, under normal circumstances, you know, a lot of people are having a lot of discomfort around holiday plans and expectations of where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do and navigating competing expectations. You know, and so the discomfort for them is maybe like, I'm feeling guilty, you know, I'm feeling like I'm letting people down, you know, maybe I have some physiological like, you know, anytime, you know, my mom calls me about like, when are we doing what I feel like a tightness in my chest, you know, so you're kind of noticing the discomfort And then labeling the expectation of, you know, I'm trying to make everyone happy over the holidays. Right. And I know that I can't because someone is going to just be disappointed. Mm. You know,
0: so then how do we overcome that disappointment because it's pretty strong yeah. especially when you don't want to disappoint someone and then people will say things you know oh, they'll like yeah. well that's not what i thought or yeah. okay you're some condescending thing yeah. <laughs> not that i've had any experience with it <laughs> Like, this is just completely theoretical. <laughs> yeah, completely theoretical. Yeah, completely theoretical. But, you know, somebody will say something that expresses their disappointment, which makes you feel worse. So how do you ultimately
1: overcome that? Because that feels like a mountain. It does feel like a mountain, but just like any mountain, you know, it it's little by little. You know, so once we have identified that expectation, then, then again, we need to kind of create Find the source of that expectation. So with this one, okay, the expectation is my mother, my mother-in-law, you know, the extended family, you know, and then my partner just wants to stay home, you know, so you're identifying all the sources and then it's like, okay, hold on a second. What is it that I want to do? What is in line with my values? What is in line with, again, my needs and my desires? And then once you've decided that part, you know, then absolutely, it's the tricky part where you not only have to communicate the new expectation first to yourself. So, <laughs> yeah. Make sure you understand it first. first you dip, yeah. So it's like, you know what? My new expectation is that it's been a hard year. I will, I'm going to be home on this day and these other days, I'm going to go see other people. And then being comfortable with your own discomfort. Mm. And that's a tough one. It is. It is so. Hard. So maybe like, you know, you don't want to start with the holidays as your first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that may be like saying and again, I'm using pre pandemic, you know, but like, you know. Often we get roped into maybe like volunteering, like being voluntold at work or for kids' school, you know, so maybe starting, you know, practicing no.
0: Fair. Right. Well, sure. Start practicing saying no, which that, that can feel like a mountain if you're just starting to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I always say no without explanation. Yeah. Like- I used to give no and I'd be like, well, I think maybe somebody will come by and I'm not sure I'm like, my mom, parents may be coming down. And I won't have a, like you have this whole story to justify no mm-hmm. versus no, no, that's not going to work out or no, thank you. Or, you know, that kind of. Thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, so again, it's sitting with your own discomfort and then sitting with the other person's discomfort on the receiving end. But what I found in my own life is This is not only for ourselves that we're doing this, but we're also doing it for every other woman that we come into contact with because we are modeling to them, you know, like I want, I'm going to live my ideal life and I totally want you to live your ideal life, whatever that is. And it may look totally different than mine. Hmm, So true. So, you know, I think a lot of kind of self-helpy type stuff out there is very focused on, you know, the individual and you changing, you know, versus I think, you know, and I mentioned this in my website is being very aware that, yes, we've had all these unrealistic expectations placed on us, but we probably have done the same to other people. Oh, sure. And what role have we all had in, you know, making someone feel that, you know, they weren't living up to our expectations and we were disappointed in them. So so it's like a multi-pronged approach where we're doing this for ourselves, but then also when, when we're on the receiving end of a new expectation, again, we may not like it. It may make our lives more complicated, But, you know, we're also going to do this for, you know, our fellow women like, okay, if I get to live my ideal life, then you get to live it too. So stop asking your unmarried cousin, you know, when (laughs) she's getting married.
0: I always say you can't decorate by committee. You can't live your life like that either. Yes. Polling everybody, what do you yes. think? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're, you're making a great point is that when you live authentically, you become an inspiration to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you really do become admired. And when you live your life that way, it gives other people permission. Or at least the ability to start thinking about how they can do it. It's like, how can I break free from those unrealistic expectations? And I want to ask, you know, how do we raise daughters and sons who do not feel this way? And I think you're pointing to it that we begin doing it by modeling. But what are some other ways, especially as women and we have daughters watching us? Mm -hmm.
1: um, I think that's such an important connection.
0: What advice would you have to give around that? I think being
1: very explicit with them about like, you know what? So I have a 12 year old daughter and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're 12. You haven't experienced anything like enough to know what you're going to be. Like you don't even know the first thing about what's out in the world beyond like 10 careers, maybe, you know? So I think giving our children permission to, to like, You can be curious, you know, you can explore, you actually don't have to have this predetermined path, you know, and making mistakes, you know, I think modeling and talking about like, you know what, try things, some of them are not going to go well, you will fail, and that's awesome because you've just learned something about yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, it, it, ha- it is a bit of an uphill battle because, you know, as a society, well, again, as I said, we're getting a little bit better about like, oh, you know, body positivity and embracing, you know, all of yourself and your cellulite and all that. But then on the flip side, it's like all, most of the models are still like size zeroes. You know, right. so while we're making some progress, we still have a long ways to go. So I think at home is, you know, and, and again, making them aware of expectations, because again, I know growing up, like I didn't know anything about expectations, even when I was going in through grad school, you know, I don't really think we talked about the role of expectations. Mm. Yeah. So it is, I think, this really bizarre thing that it's like we have these, yeah, unconscious things driving our lives and we don't really question, like, are these mine? So true. Like, wh- who is that voice
0: in my head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where would that come from? And I think, too, you know, when we have these expectations that have been placed on it, they're really just pure judgment, and I think when we begin to drop expectations of others, of our children, like we have expectations to be a good person, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But you realize, oh, maybe I, like you had said, like, it's not like we haven't actually, you know, showed our disappointment in somebody else or, uh, you know, maybe use that passive aggressive approach mm-hmm. to get people to do that, that we have to be mindful ourselves. Where are we placing expectations on people mm-hmm. and to become aware of what does that sound like? Like, Oh, I just expected that of you. And I had no right to to do that or mm-hmm. place that on you. And it's so easy to do the children. And I always say, we're not the only one raising them. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like you're the size zero models. You're seeing all this stuff. It's like, I can, I can tell them one thing about, you know, listening to their own voice, but uh, it's, it's the world out there, social media, the messages that they're constantly being bombarded with. So mm-hmm. it's like having them to be really alert to have this strong, independent voice. Um, it sounds, it sounds overwhelming, but, but it's uh, worthy to try,
1: yeah. Because yeah. again, we kind of know that the old way has not been working mm-hmm. <laughs> for no. the vast majority of us,
0: absolutely. Uh, what role has social media played in
1: expectations, do you think? Oh, honestly, I fantasize about like pre social media days, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because well on one hand you know obviously you know i've connected to all sorts of lovely people you know and we have things that um yeah just were incomprehensible even you know 10 15 years ago you know that really social media for most people is their highlight reel you know so people are posting photos you know of their vacations of You know, their girls' trips away, of you know, and so our expectations really then are not only these unconscious ones that we've been breathing in since we were born, but now they're in our pockets on our phone, you know, that it's like, Oh, you know, if I don't look like that or if I don't have this huge group of friends or if I don't travel or, you know, if I don't do all these things. So, you know, expectations now, again, are, you know, in our pockets Without the nuance of, you know, hey, this is just a highlight reel. You know, we don't actually know the real story um it. Right. they might have went
0: into debt to go on vacation. Yeah. They might have fought all the way there with their friends. They might. Yeah. I mean, we don't know the backstory to any of these. You're right. We're just, yeah. we see the highlight reel. And now we're getting these visual expectations. You know, I had just had someone on the podcast talking about gratitude and she would say, you know, I try to create these perfect family moments. And, you know, if I saw a family apple picking Mm -hmm. on Facebook, I would have to say, well, we're not a perfect family unless we go apple picking, right? There's this expectation that we're the perfect family if, and and now we live with that
1: in our faces and we have to be able to um, see it for what it's worth, I guess. Yeah, and you know, something like, you know, Pinterest like, you know, ha- having, you know, these amazing birthday parties, you know, having these amazing holiday decor. And and the thing is like I know that there are people out there who genuinely get joy from that, so that's also like definitely not judging that, but for those of us like myself, you know, like if I never had to cook another meal in my life, I would die a happy woman. So when I see like photos of people's like amazing holiday spreads and the baking they're doing, and I'm just like, Oh crap. Like I just, you know, buy the those Pillsbury cookies that you just kind of cut up and throw on a tray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's true. So it's good to know that even a clinical psychologist <laughs> can, can be impacted by this.
1: Yeah. Well, so this and- is a journey. Yeah. And this is the journey. And that's why I think, you know, developing that awareness piece as the first step is, you know, for myself, like i I can notice a shift in myself when I've been again, scrolling Instagram for too long because, you know, I start spiraling a little bit. Like, so what does that look like for you when you say spiraling? The voice in the head? it's, It's definitely the voice in the head. Like, oh, like she would like, and again, I follow a lot of other therapists. So, you know, there's a lot of comparisons like, oh, like, look at that really great quote that she came up with. Look how many more followers they have. And like, oh, they just hired another therapist. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is... Like, like, so again, it, it's that for me, it's the comparison piece that is really my, like, I am spiraling.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I, um, I've had numerous people tell me that they feel like poop, you know, after they yeah. scroll Facebook and or, uh, you know, Instagram, and they have to get off it for a while just for their own, uh, as a coping mes- mechanism, not to feel bad about themselves. Yeah.
1: But yeah. on the flip side, you know, if I'm already kind of starting from feeling like, empowered and good, like I'll go scroll and feel inspired by those same posts. So true. So true.
0: So get in alignment first, then scroll.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Excellent. So I think think even having that awareness before you even start scrolling, like, where am I at? Am I feeling open for inspiration or am I feeling open to like really spiral and compare? Mm. And if it's that one, go do something else versus, you know, I think being very, cause the idea that we're never going to compare ourselves to anyone else, like, you know, good luck to you. Like, I don't know if anyone has achieved that level of humanity. Right. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so it's also, so that's where also screwing the expectation that we should never compare, you know, it's more about like, you can compare but let's do it with a little bit of nuance you know let's do it with again an awareness of where we're at what we're looking for and sometimes like again i there's i have a list of women who are just like killing it in their businesses in their lives that i will like media social media stock when i feel like i want to be inspired by them because they show me what's possible you know, but if I'm like sitting around you know feeling miserable, that same group of women is gonna make me feel awful mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with them that's the thing right. nothing to do with them it's,
0: it's all about you yeah it's all about, always about us, isn't it
1: yeah
0: so you say awareness is the first step and you have have written a, an ebook that people can get on your website mm-hmm. uh, and you said the last step is to celebrate yourself. Can you talk about that? Because I think
1: that's something we forget about. Oh, my gosh, we are the worst at celebrating ourselves. Mm. You know, because again, our expectation is, you know, we get to celebrate, you know, the life events that, you know, society deems celebrate worthy, you know, so you know, if you graduate, you get a celebration. If you get married, you get a celebration. You know, if you have babies, you get a celebration, you know, but there's no, and often those celebrations are even celebrations we don't want. Like how many women have sat through a baby, their own baby shower being like, oh my gosh, why am, why are we doing this?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. Because it's a, you know, a cultural milestone that you know, grandma wants to have for you or,
1: (laughs) you know, versus a, even figuring out for ourselves, like, what does it look like to celebrate? You know? So for me, celebration often looks like me, my cats on the couch in a book, like that is, you know, (laughs) right. Celebrating the moment, celebrating the day, enjoying the day. Yes. You know, for some people celebrating, might look like, you know, going for a walk, like for some people celebrating is buying themselves, you know, like a scented candle or something, you know, so first of all, acknowledging by like, hey, you know, we've done something really hard by, you know, being aware of the expectations we're trying to meet. We have decided that those aren't actually aligned. We have screwed them We have created a new expectation. We have communicated that expectation and tolerated everyone's discomfort, you know. And now we really need to, you know, have a positive association with all of that hard work.
0: (laughs) Yes. Because what is the power of celebrating when we do that? What happens within us?
1: We really show ourselves you know, that we are worthy of this hard work, Mm. you know, that, and, and again, and I talk a little bit about the book. And again, the book is a very short read. It's more of a kind of a journal reflection type book. Um, it's called let's celebrate you a woman's guide to owning her success. And I talk a little bit about how we are always looking to like these outside achievements as, you know, evidence that we're good enough. And we kind of can become, you know, it's never enough. The goalposts keep moving. Like we Mm -hmm. achieve, you know, one level of success and we're already on to the next. And we're, again, the goalposts keep moving. We keep striving. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, if that's what we're tying to our self-worth and our value, it's a pretty dangerous game to be in because what happens when you reach the epitome of what you're chasing? You know, what happens if you don't reach it, you know, versus flipping it that, you know, A, we have just inherent value and worth simply because we exist, Mm. you know, The things that are actually probably worth celebrating the most are more the internal work, you know, that most people aren't seeing, but that, again, is leading us more to our aligned life. Like, those are the things that are worthy of celebrating.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And it feels like when we begin to celebrate ourselves for who who we are and how far we've come, we begin to repair those souls you talked about that we were destroying with mm-hmm. those unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. You
1: know?
0: Yeah. It's a it's a it's always this inner job. You know, it's the hardest work, but definitely worthy work. Um so if people want to get this um ebook on celebrating yourself, they go to screwexpectations.com. Yeah.
1: I will send you the link because it's, I can't remember the link off the top of my head. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And then it's just a, you know, quick, easy download, you know, get a journal as you go through it. Um, And while there's definitely some focus on professional success, um, it's definitely not that you have to, you know, fit that quite like I say at the beginning of the book, it's like success is whatever you decide it's going to be. Um, And one of the, some of the other little brief things that I talk about is also celebrating the criticisms that successful women get, you know, that they're often seen as, you know, too smart for their own good or like slightly unlikable because, you know, they're just living their own lives unapologetically. So, so it's also kind of getting comfortable with people's reactions to us saying like, you know what, I'm just going to do love life, you know, my way. And obviously, you know, cause sometimes people are like, well, aren't like, it isn't that selfish And how can you just live life how you want to live it? I'm like, you know, women at their core, you know, And you don't have to be, but a lot of women are still like nurturers, and their relationships are super like important to them. So it's not like they're just gonna run off and be like, "Later, family, I'm just living by myself in the mountains." (laughs) No. (laughs) Although, if you want to, that sounds lovely. (laughs) Support that choice. (laughs) You know, but it's also you know doing all those things that are important to them, but not at their expense.
0: Yeah, because I always say you do you I'll do me. Yeah, <laughs> because that's the beauty of it if I get to do me you get to do you. Mm-hmm. you you know, you don't no one likes to be told what to do or how to live So why don't we just lift the expectations on each other and give ourselves a little room to breathe here? Mm-hmm. Like, and get to decide about what we want to do because everybody will be happier for it Not only yourself, but the people around you because mm-hmm. whether you you know, admit it or not if you're living someone else's life You're not happy
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there,
0: there's some tension there.
1: Yeah, sure. And I think, yeah. you know, the nice ripple effect of that is, you know, even, you know, when we go to, you know, going back to our holiday example, you know, going to our family members and saying, like, hey, this doesn't work for me. Yes, there might be some initial pushback. You know, yes, there might be some disappointment. You know, but now we're actually starting to have, like, real genuine relationships with people. Sure. You know. You begin to communicate your feelings and, and you know, because there's usually fears
0: behind that, mm -hmm. you know. People want it a certain way. You know, people don't like change. So maybe if there's a certain way Christmas has always been and you want to do it differently, then... Um, you know, you, you're you're creating a different reality for the other person. So I, you know, when you seek understanding and go, "Where is this person coming from?" Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. We actually get into relationship with people versus get into a fight, which is often what happens. Yes.
1: You know, or everyone's just like going through the motions. You know, right. everyone's exhausted. Like the end of the day, it's like, oh my gosh, we're never doing that. So I think you know, it's opening the door to being like, hey, like, what is actually the important part here versus all of, you know, maybe like, you know, everyone wants their Christmas, um, you know, for those who celebrate to look like this Norman Rockwell painting and it's like, okay, but you know, if everyone is again, exhausted, overwhelmed, you know, kids are melting down cause it's way past their bedtimes, like, you know, versus is the actually importance that like we come together at some point and maybe actually just order food so we can actually like hang out and talk to each other. (gasps) Right. Let's make it easy. (laughs) You know, versus, you know, and I, I think, you know, being compassionate towards, you know, kind of our own family members, you know, particularly, you know, mothers, you know, who are, you know, maybe in the boomer generation, where they had even like m- more challenging expectations <laughs> dumped on them. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think the compassion, you know, not only for ourselves, but for other people can also go a long way.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think if you step out of compassion and seeking that understanding, you you step out of relationship mm-hmm. with people, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, you've made a lot of great points um, today. Is there anything you want to say about expectation discrepancy syndrome that I haven't
1: asked you about? No, I think we've done a, covered a it really all? thorough job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I So I just have a few last questions, my rapid fire soul questions for you. Um, what have you come to know about the power of being you, Agnes?
1: Uh, there's just such a, you know, peace to it again, as I said, you know, I have, you know, professionally have screwed a lot of expectations and even the expectation of like always being, you know, busy and always feeling like you have to be doing. And I often semi joke that I'm actually part sloth because again, where I feel the most myself is, you know, sitting on my couch with a cup of tea and my cats and a book and a journal. And being able to do that with no feelings of guilt or judgment or shame that I'm not being productive has really been the biggest gift I've given myself. And so the, the word that comes up for me is peace. Like my life feels peaceful. And that allows me then, you know, when life starts lifing as it always does, you know, I'm able to show up in a much more grounded way. Hmm. I like that.
0: What has become
1: abundantly clear to you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, as, hu- as particular in Western society, just get so much wrong, you know, for the benefit of, you know, the few at the top. Mm -hmm. and again, as a psychologist, you know, so much of my training has been about, you know, the individual, but the older I get and the more, I guess, aware, you know, how much we need to tend to our communities, how much we need to fix systems, you know, that we are all part of this collective and we can't just A, be all about ourselves. We can't opt out, um, you know, not to get too woo-woo, but like we're all connected and none of us can fully thrive if so many of us are suffering. And lastly, what does the world need most? Oh, that's a great question. I think awareness,
0: mm.
1: awareness, even when it's uncomfortable, we really don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm. I, I agree.
0: I'll end uh, this conversation with, um, I think I got this off your website, and you say there are no degrees, no roles, no achievements, no accomplishments that can make us feel worthy. I discovered the secret was that I needed to shed the expectations of others to realize just how worthy I am. Mm -hmm. And thank you for teaching us all about that today. I think it'll be really helpful. So thank you for your time,
1: Agnes. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. That was
0: such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course, on LinkedIn. See you next week.